Hello, this is Fred A. Clary, and this is another fact podcast. So today we're going to talk about a pair of dimes. We'll give you 20. Um, what I really am saying tongue-in-cheek is a paradigm. A paradigm, what is that word? Is bandied about all the time as a view of reality, a system of thinking, a philosophy. So we're going to work, look at paradigm and critical thinking and how did we get into this mess with allopathic medicine and mainstream medicine where you have so many medications with so many side effects and everybody thinks it's okay. So we're going to look at a system of thinking or how we maybe hoodwink ourselves into reality. So exactly what is a paradigm? Or well, a paradigm is a set of assumptions or concepts or values or practices that constitute a way of viewing reality for the community that shares these concepts, assumptions, values, practices. And it's especially um, coherent in intellectual discipline like medicine or science or mathematics. It's a uh, philosophical and theoretical framework within a discipline or scientific school. So it's a theories, laws, and generalizations, this framework, and the experiments performed to support these theories, laws, and generalizations. So broadly, it's a philosophical or theoretical framework of any kind. And that's a lot of words, and it sounds real choppy, but basically it's your view of life. So your paradigm is how you see the world. Work hard, put your nose to the grindstone, and you'll succeed. That's a paradigm for work, you know. If you go to school and get good grades, you do good in life. That's a paradigm for academic achievement. Since about the 1960s, the word paradigm is referred to a thought pattern in any scientific discipline. And if you haven't read the book, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, by Thomas Kuhn. If you have not read that book, stop, turn this podcast off, get on Amazon, you can get it for pennies on the dollar, buy it and start reading it. It is probably the most important book you'll read on philosophy. Sorry, Socrates. Sorry, Plato. You know, Descartes, you know, you can stick it. So what Kuhn was talking about is that a set of generalizations and laws and theories and experiments, they, they, these set of practices, shall we say, the practice of medicine, the practice of astronomy, the practice of mathematics, a practice of accounting, these set of practices defined that scientific discipline only during a particular period of time. You can look how medicine was practiced 300 years ago where we were given intermuscular shots of mercury for tertiary syphilis. I mean, I'm sure that didn't help the patient too much, you know. But looking at, you know, that set time, that was the paradigm, and that's how they saw the world. We all know that George Washington died of anemia They, they in hypovolemia. They bled him because he had pneumonia, they bled him to the point where he passed out and died, the father of our country. 
That was modern medicine at its finest. But that was the paradigm. They thought he had evil, bad humors floating around in the blood. And the only way to get rid of those humors was to bleed him out and put him in a bowl next to him. And they bled out his life. Now, so why is that important to understand this word paradigm? Okay. Well, it will determine what is observed and what is scrutinized. Now, what does that mean? If you think chiropractic is only good for necks and backs, that's the only research, that's the only practices, that's the only techniques that you will see, analyze, and accept. When chiropractic has been used for all kinds of illnesses and treatments, that's how you'll see the world. It also changes the kind of question you ask or the questions you use to probe an answer. If you think that it is impossible for someone to run a marathon sub two, two hours, then you're not going to ask you know, questions on how do you train for that. Well, of course, that just happened a couple weeks ago. And just a couple weeks ago, a human being, a man, squatted, full squat, in a meet on ESPN Live, 1,276 pounds. Put it on his back and squat it with it. Now, if you think that 400 pounds on your back is heavy, and even for a full-grown man and 200 for a woman is very heavy, then the, the words you use, the routines, and the things you scrutinize, your reality is filtered by that paradigm running in your head. It also determines, if you're doing research, how questions are structured. So when you're doing research, if you believe a beta blocker is the best thing for to prevent secondary heart attacks or a cholesterol-lowering agent that's poisoning the liver is the best thing for preventing secondary strokes and heart attacks after a first MI or first stroke, if that's your belief, you ask questions, okay, you know, what good is it doing the body? And you're only seeing, we call it cherry picking. Your, your mind can only see that. So it's like looking for your lost car keys. Here, where's my car keys? I don't see my car keys. Where are my car keys? I'm looking everywhere for my car keys. I can't find them. I can't find them. And then you look down and they're right there. Because you thought you put them on the table or on the dresser, your mind told you that's where they should be instead of any other location. So your paradigm controlled what thalamic filters were running. So you may have even looked at your keys sitting on the end table, the new place, and your mind filtered it out because your mind was trying to come in line and be congruent and consistent with your paradigm. This is a big deal when it comes to scientific investigations. You know, research being interpreted certain ways. There's plenty of research out there that showed that cholesterol-lowering agents, statins, um, cause harm, cause muscular harm, enzymatic harm, change how the liver works, and that people with higher cholesterols, now we're not talking 400 or 300, but people running, you know, 200, 260, 270, they actually live longer. And that some of these studies were actually published in the Journal of the American Medical Association. But because your paradigm is such that this is the reason for 
heart attacks and continued heart attacks, high cholesterol, cholesterol is bad, then we must lower cholesterol. Just like for decades, fats were bad. I mean, they actually put a product, a food product that was gray. They had to add yellow color to it to make it look like a food product. Margarine on the market. Margarine is closer to plastic chemically than it is to butter, to a fat. But they put it on that market thinking that this, because fats were bad for you, because they went into, when someone died of a heart attack or stroke, they went in the autopsy, opened up some of the pipes and looked and like, oh, there's fats in there. It has to be fats. So their paradigm, this, this, this weird inductive reasoning they had said, oh, you know, fats are bad. Instead of asking why were they there? Maybe they're there to help promote healing. We don't know. So we have some good guesses today. So your paradigm is very important. So if you think the world is flat, you will only see, research, and interpret things that validate your paradigm. And this is kind of the problem with research now. You know, being steadfast to your paradigm is the opposite of quote-unquote being open-minded. If I show someone research saying, hey, if you've had a stroke and you do this exercise or this rehabilitation therapy, in three to five years, you can regain a lot of use of that limb. People would say there is no research. There's, there's no double-blind, placebo-controlled studies of thousands of patients where this happened. Well, no. There's, there's some case studies. There's empirical evidence where people said, the heck with all this, you know, Research that say it doesn't work, I'm going to get better. And they ran it for three to five years and these people started moving. Amazing. The Bobaths have stacks of research. Carol and Bertha Bobath, the originators of the Bobath technique, would talk about how they would work with kids with cerebral palsy and get improvements. And people would ignore it because their paradigm was such that this was a permanent condition. You can't run a marathon sub two hours until it was done. You can't squat over a thousand pounds until it was done. You can't run a four minute mile. Now we have high school. We have eighth graders that can run four minute miles now. When in the 1950s, that was the top end for human performance. And once that paradigm shifted, once it shifted, all of a sudden research was interpreted differently. There were actually in the 1950s, scientists, doctors, anatomists, neurophysiologists saying that the skull case of African-American men was too small and their brains were not functional enough that, they, that African-American men could not safely pilot fighter, fighter airplanes for World War II. We all know the, the story and the bias and, and racism of the Tuskegee Airmen and what they had to put up with. But that was just science 70 years ago. You can go back to the 1950s and you had anatomists, scientists, the top in their field, the most respected, saying you can't run a four-minute mile. And as soon as that was broken, everyone was breaking it because everyone's paradigm was that, was that you could not run that. So what does that mean to me when I'm looking into my practice as a chiropractor? What does it mean to me for health and wellness? You know, that maybe our ideas of health or wellness are either blunted, they're skewed. Maybe those ideas of health and wellness 
are coming from somewhere else. Maybe it's our teachers, preachers, brothers, family members, professors that really gave us those. Maybe it's the community or the society that we live in, the apparent research that I've read. I love it when a doctor said, well, I've studied this for years. Yeah, but you've studied it from one paradigm. You've studied only research that validates your view. And you've only studied the weak research that refutes your view. Perhaps you should look at all the research. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty amazing that you will have professionals and scientists that will dig in their heels and fight for a paradigm that 10, 20, 30 years from now, would, people would say is silly. So when do we shift? When do we move? When do we change our paradigm? And that's when our anomalies or the inconsistencies arise within a given paradigm and the present problems that we are unable to solve given this paradigm. When our view of reality must change because there's too many inconsistencies. When you say that someone cannot squat over a thousand pounds and when Dave Waddington did it the first time, I believe in 1980 in Georgia, then the next year, two people did it. And then two, by the end of the decade, 1980s, there was 20 or 30 people that could squat a thousand pounds. Now it's pretty common. So what does that mean? That means that the people were incorrect in the 1960s and 70s when it came to powerlifting or leg strength. That means that all the scientists were incorrect when it came to intellectual acuity and eye-hand coordination in the 1940s during World War II when it came to who should pilot those of fighter airplanes. It means that the scientists and the paradigm was incorrect when it came to who can run a four-minute mile and their understanding of biomechanics and normal human biology. There had to be a paradigm shift. And now we look at it and say, oh yeah, well, that's the way it is. Oh yeah, that's the way it is. So, so when you're looking at your current belief set, your assumptions, the paradigm you use for going through life or your profession or looking at science, perhaps the greatest thing in critical thinking you could do is look at your own set of assumptions and beliefs and the questions you ask research and the research that you do. And perhaps your paradigm could be askewed. And 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, we would look at your belief set and we would laugh. What does that mean for us? The next time you want to dig your heels in and explain something, make sure you have a set of outcomes. If they just paid attention and trained like you could run a four-minute mile, they would have had hundreds of people across the country doing it within a year. So sometimes our belief set has to expand and we have to test it. And as we always say in functional analysis, we don't guess, we test. And you keep testing and you keep testing. And when you get improvement and you get results, you stick with it. And sometimes results drive our paradigm and have to change our basic beliefs and our foundational tenets, our foundational understanding of reality. This has been another Functional Analysis Podcast.